Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 184 with Ajit Nawalka of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I am the CEO and host of this podcast and also the CEO of Founder Magazine. And if you're new to this podcast, we interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation and really just try and unpack and get them to share their experiences with you so you can really learn and get tons of actionable stuff on what it takes to build and grow a successful business. And, you know, one thing I wanted to share with you guys is... uh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I think sometimes, you know, entrepreneurship, building a business, it's such a roller coaster. It really is. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed while recording this. I'm feeling really stressed out. I've got so much I have to do. And uh, it's just crazy. Like one minute you're just absolutely on top of the world. And then the next you're just crushed, gutted. Just things aren't going right. I'm in the thick of it right now, guys, and I just want to share that with you as kind of just want to let you guys know uh, I feel it too. I, I know you might be feeling it as well. And uh, one thing I've been learning is um, I'm just taking on way too much and I need to focus. Focus is so incredibly powerful and I'm really missing that focus right now. So enough about me and my rants and uh, telling you guys how hard building a business is. I think you guys know that too. That's why you're listening. But let's talk about today's guest. His name's Ajit Nawalka, and he is the co-founder of a company called Mind Valley. Now, these guys are a massive, big-scale educational company, 
And Ajahn really goes through, you know, what these guys do around creating amazing experiences for people and how you can replicate that. And that's really sat with me, actually, you know, when it comes to building a successful business, really being able to give that person an amazing experience. And I think if you look at companies like Apple or Netflix, it just it really encapsulates that. So I thought there was some serious gold. Ajit shares so much more. I really go deep, pick his brain on all this kind of stuff because it's a similar kind of space that we're playing in. We are on the educational space. So anyways, that's it from me, guys. If you are enjoying these interviews, please do take the time uh, to leave us a review. It would help us big time. Like, you, you don't know how much this would help us, especially uh, if you also tell your friends. Bonus points if you tell your friends. Um, you know, I, it would help us big time. And also, I just wanted to share, um, if you are enjoying these episodes, if you do have any suggestions on changes, um, please do just email me. My, my email is nathan at founder.com, F-O-U-N-D-R.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I haven't dropped my email in a while, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys just what's been happening and uh, if you have any suggestions on uh, how we can improve this podcast. Always trying to bring you as much gold as possible. Anyways, that's it from me, guys. Now let's jump into the show. Okay, so um, the first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? How did I get my job? Yeah. <laughs> that That is... Uh... That is an interesting question. Nobody has really asked me that question of saying, how did I get my job? Usually people go, how did you start Everclosure? How did you start Mind Valley and so forth? So it's, it's actually just telling the story because I'm actually at an event where we are speaking to a group of individuals that are coming in to get certified as trainers with us. And I was just telling them the story of how I really got introduced to the idea of personal development first and then the idea of the company and then how I actually ended up starting Evercoach in partnership with Mind Valley which is the company that I'm the co-founder of now. So it, it's, it happened several years ago in about 2000, 2005. I had just finished my college education, and I, I was part of a student organization called ISEC, which is an international organization which, allows, uh, which, is, which was developed after one world, uh, world War II to promote world peace. So I was a volunteer in that organization. And during the course of my college, I was doing that. And, and as I quit my education, or finished my education, sorry, I go on and started to work as a salesperson in a, in a media company, a multimedia company in, in India. And as I was working the job, I've always been very curious to kind of find a way to accelerate whatever I'm doing, uh, not necessarily through learning at that stage, but just through pure hustle and pure grit, if I may. So I kind of proposed an idea to the, to the owner of that company and said, hey, internet's coming. At that time, internet was really new. This is, we are talking about 2006, 2007, at least in India, <laughs> it was really, really new. So I was like, hey, this internet thing is coming and all the young readers of your newspaper are going to disappear. Let's try to do something online mm. um, and there'll be something in future that will really make sense. And, and fortunately, the person was and is and he's still, still a good friend and the mentor was very progressive. So he was like, yeah, let's do that. Let, 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 let's see what we can create. And he said, I'll invest in the company. I have this other friend who lives in America uh, and they are the pioneers of this project. So let's get him as one of the investors. And we learn from him and we can start this company in India. And we go ahead and start that company only to realize that when you start a company and you have literally and, and actually and virtually no education around that topic, as much as you can Google things and so forth, you couldn't really, we couldn't really find our way through that project. Um, even with the advice of this other successful e-commerce 
entrepreneur, we couldn't really figure it out because what we were really doing was creating a project that was more around social media and more around ed, uh, information more than anything else. So uh, an e-commerce person wasn't really the best advice they could get. A year to 18 months into the project, I realized that this was something that was only going downward, uh, also because Facebook just showed up in India. So Facebook was really, really new. There were just early adopters there at that time. This is 2007 we are talking about at this point. Yes. And, and towards 2008, starting, I realized that this is not going to be something that I can make work. I don't have the talent for it. I don't have the education for it. And I was just basically trying to do something that, that I couldn't wrap my head around. Now, during the process of all this was happening, I had hired somebody in my team uh, as an intern and to learn and, you know, like just to do, they, they were transitioning between two different jobs at that time. And for just a little while, I had hired them and said, okay, two months work with me. As I was finishing and I was closing off, and this was even before like I knew what I'm going to do, I just knew that I don't want to go back to my sales job. I was good at it. I just hated doing it. But, like I didn't want to do the sales job. I knew this wasn't working out. I, I submit my papers and I say, listen, I'm, I'm moving on. I, and when, when, this, uh, when this owner asked me, because we're still really good friends, he was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know, but I know that I don't want to do this. So he was understanding and he was like, okay, fine, I'll accept your uh, resignation for now. But if there's anything, come back to me. But coincidentally, at that time, because now I had all the space in life, I, I reached back to all my friends who are doing different things. And I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I really want to do something around internet. And this intern uh, that I hired for like two months in the middle sends me a message with a website called mindvalley.com. And he says, hey, check out this company. This company is basically ISEC, but they pay you to do and have fun and create things that are fun and interesting and help humanity move forward. And I looked at the website, and to be very honest, if you look at Mind Valley in 2008, the website, you would be like, uh, what do you do again? It's kind of funny. It looks really odd. It's really <laughs> random. The logo is really, like, childish. Uh, like, they had a picture of a dog as their PR agent, and, you know, it, it looked like, what the hell? But I was like, you know what? I'll try anything. Because in India, I knew there was no opportunity for me because the in, internet was still really on the wide stage. They didn't really understand it. I somehow intuitively knew that I wanted to be in media and I wanted to be in the media that's going to be, not the media that is. So I knew there was something there in the internet because I was spending so much time on it. I was very certain that if that, that there might be some opportunity there. So apply to Mind Valley. Coincidentally, the founder of Mind Valley Vision used to be in ISEC several years ago. So uh-huh. the reference and the context of ISEC come here, and that's why I told the ISEC story, the context of ISEC comes in and and he goes, oh, you were in the national office of ISEC. He interviews me. In like five minutes, he says, yes, you are hired. Come down. Uh, you'll be business manager for one of our businesses, but you'll be an intern at the same time. I was like, from, think about it, from being a CEO of a company, a startup, from being a senior salesperson, I dropped all of a sudden to an intern. But I was like, you know what? Screw that. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, and I really want to do this. And it seems like these guys know what they're doing. And if nothing else, well, I get to travel the world. So that was kind of the intention of starting with the company at that time. I, I, can't, I came to Mind Valley and, and the rest of the history. It's almost been nine years now. I started many companies in partnership with Mind Valley, sold a bunch of them to Mind Valley. Some of them are still different companies with different partnerships and so forth. And um, that's how I got my job. Yeah, wow. That's, that's a crazy story, man. Now, it is. you're currently the co-founder of Evercoach. Mm-hmm and Zentrepreneur, and these mm-hmm. are Mind Valley products. Now, mm-hmm. what I'm really curious around is, is you said you've started companies within Mind Valley and sold them to Mind Valley. How, how does that work? 
exactly. So all these companies that you just mentioned were companies that I started as separate projects with Mindvalley as a partner of the company. So while I was in the company, there's always been side projects that I would do. So these were my Saturday, Sunday projects. Yes. Uh, you can say the side hustles, if, if that, that's, a, that's a word that a lot of times people use. It's something because I've, I've always been somebody that, you know, like when you are working, like even your organization right now, Nathan, I'm sure it happens that a lot of ideas that don't necessarily fit the company that you're running. Uh, but at the same time, you're just really curious about it and you really want to try something. So what I would do is I would make them my side hustles. I would be like, you know what? I really want to try this thing. It doesn't necessarily fit the core company, but I'm excited about it. So I want to try it. Right? So I would start these companies on the side, which will be sometimes there'll be language businesses. Sometimes it'll be completely different business models. Sometimes it'll be completely different industries. And may not, initially, it may not look like there's any alignment whatsoever between, between the company that I'm starting and the company that is. And so I would start all these companies and Nevercoach and Zentrepreneur are the popular names in that, in, that, in that sphere of what you know. But there are a lot of companies that we don't necessarily talk about publicly because they are, they are companies that run on the background. They run our systems internally and so forth. So what would happen mm-hmm. is I would start these companies because they serve a purpose, but they don't necessarily fit the model. Right. So, for example, there's a company we started called Blink Webinars. Uh, now, if you go to the website, you can't even buy that product right now because when we built it, we didn't know. We built it because we were like, I really am curious to think about how would you build a SaaS company. And we realized that webinars was one of the most effective marketing technologies that we were using as Mindvalley. And with that software customized to our needs, we could 10 times our result. So we started it as a company just as a side project, a side hustle, but became an integral part of the main company. And that's just one example. There were many companies like that that I started and that eventually got, got integrated into, into Mindvalley and that's how I've gone from being co-founder of the, all these little companies to actually uh, now we kind of say partner co-founder of Mind Valley because I'm kind of all these companies now are started as separate units and became a part of Mind Valley now. So now Evercoach, if you look at it a couple of months ago, would look like just Evercoach. And now if you go to the fan page, you'll see it's Evercoach by Mind Valley. So the reason is because the company gets incorporated into the main division. Uh, our main company, because we are like, okay, that seems like a project that is in perfect alignment with what we are doing. It serves the purpose of humanity plus. It serves the purpose of taking our message to a billion lives and moving a billion lives positively. It serves what we are really doing, aligns with the brand value. It may not initially look like that it is what we do, but it it integrates. And sometimes it doesn't integrate. So I have many companies that don't integrate with with Mind Valley, but that's kind of where where it kind of all comes together. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. So you're a strategy guy. You can say a strategy guy and more, uh, I would say I'm somebody who, who knows or who, who likes to take a problem and solve it. And I, I'm somebody who likes to look at a situation and say, how can we play with this? And I'm, I'm more that kind of guy. So strategy is a part of it, but I think it's a strategy, execution, team, all of that coming together. Mm. So like, I'm curious around, like, for example, because with Mindvale, you guys have so many different products. Um, mm-hmm. Like how, how many products do you have in your suite under like the Mind Valley kind of media group? So it uh, they actually they look like a lot of products. They are not actually that many products. We are actually very much designed around curriculums, which means all of our products actually fit a model of what uh, education can look like. So we are an education centered company. We we believe in taking positive ideas and moving them forward. Yes. We have set number of products in each of our categories that we believe we want to push, let's say, for example, 
if you're focused on human beings personality wise, like in the sense of as, as a person, that's your life, you know, as life learning. So we would go, okay, there are 12 categories of life that we believe in. And out of these 12 categories, in each of the categories, there are X number of products that we feel will help a human being become a better human being. In total, we are looking at about 24 products in that whole category. Yes. Which, with a, as, a, as a final stack of, of products, like just digital products that somebody can consume. But at the same point in time, we all know human beings love uh, learn differently, right? There will be people who will take digital products and there will be a whole different society and section of people who read books and go to events. Or there's a different section of society who can't read books, can't do digital products, can only do events. So our core messaging is around the 24 products. If you're taking going through our digital education platform when it comes to personal development, but then we have books, and then we have uh, live events. Same as Forever Coach. We, we believe there are three broad categories as a coach that you need to work on. And each of the categories, there are X number of products that are there. So in, let's say, the next 12 months, we are focused on about 24 products in that category too. So there are about 24 products. And essentially, they may look like you have hundreds upon hundreds of products, but they're not. They're essentially tied down to maybe about 50 products in total, including our events and so forth, that we are really serving our audience but they kind of cover a broad spectrum of life. They cover a very broad area of life. If you are engaged with, let's say, a product like Evercoach, you, if you're a coach, an educator, or, or a teacher, you pretty much don't have to go anywhere else. You can find all the education that you need within that one domain done by the best teachers out there in the world. So we, we are, we're more of a publisher. I wouldn't say, hey, you'll learn from me. That's not what it is. What we do is we curate the best of the ideas that are out there in the world and bring them to our platforms and say, hey, here's the best idea that we have heard in this particular dimension of business or in this particular dimension of health or this particular dimension of life. So that's kind of what we really do. Um, and it seems, like I said, and from the outside that these are a lot of products, but actually there are maybe about 50 products at, at the max in the entire organization. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Um, I'm curious, you said that you, you created Blink webinars that you because you were curious around a SaaS product. Why didn't you guys sell that SaaS product? Well, we wanted to, but then we were using it so much that we never really got the chance to really commercialize it. And so we didn't. And it just didn't make the priority list that way. Also, we also realized there's a there's a the product we built is is a very higher tier product because it needs a certain level of uh, sophistication in the market. Mm. And there are a lot of products already that had kind of beaten us to the market, if, if I may, uh, who had created lower sophistication market products, but they served the purpose. And what we realized is what we do with Blink Webinars needs uh, such advanced thinking in a way to execute the marketing of it, that it would not serve a large market. It would be a very handful uh, number of organizations that can really utilize that product to the full magnitude or even to a magnitude that will be worthy of the price point that will come with. Uh, so Blink Webinars is something that would that would cost about $5,000 a month yeah, for somebody wow. to engage with us. So so, so that, that was a higher tier product for, for a very specific audience. And like I said, while, while creating the product, we just realized that it serves our needs so much more that at this point, we were just not ready to focus on, on customizing it or, or generalizing it or toning it down to, to make it uh, available to everyone. We said we've customized it in a, enough ways that we can actually serve our tribe really, really well. And so we kind of focused on that and, and, and we dropped the idea of really taking it to, to market. Okay, interesting. So one thing um, I find fascinating and, and just amazing what you guys are doing is with the publishing model where you find um, just thought leaders, experts uh, to teach. And then the way that you kind of introduce people to 
uh, I guess these master classes per se, or or courses, or or kind of ideas packaged up. You use uh, webinars, but the webinars are more not really like a, a traditional webinar that people would that most people would think. This is like a fully engaging class, but then at the end, it's like you know if you've enjoyed this, you've got to sign up to the full class. Uh, but mm-hmm. you do it on automation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, when it comes to this this model, like how do you structure and and how do you work with so many authors and and uh, I guess thought leaders and 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 like what like do you do a revenue share or or how does all that work? Well, you can think about it like any other book publishing deal, if I may. Uh, where you have a royalty structure with with the author. But I think what's more important to understand in the process is the the type of individuals that we work with, the type of authors that we work with are usually already very successful authors. They don't necessarily need a platform to, to become successful. These are people who are already creating a lot of positive change in the world. What they are looking for a lot of times and what they want to engage with is, is a company that can represent them really well and can take their message forward. Because these are people who have done a lot of work in really understanding different elements of life and have been able to, and have been able to implement a lot of lives already. And what they would like to see is how can we take their message to even a greater audience, to a broader audience, to even more, more audience so more lives can be impacted. So we work with transformational teachers. We work with coaches and educators who want or humanity plus, if I may. That's that's kind of the term that that can easily explain the kind kind of individuals we are working with. And because of that, yes, there is a royalty model, and yes, there is exposure and so forth. But what really attracts really great uh, educators and transformational teachers and and so forth to us is our ability to take a wonderful, beautiful message and their wonderful, beautiful work and elevate it even more through our understanding of the market, our understanding of, of, of human beings, and understanding of how to take that beautiful research and beautiful understanding that they've developed and really build it into a learning methodology that can create the outcome that they desire to have with their audience. And sometimes they can only have that result by engaging them one-to-one in a seminar setting, but we can replicate that online. We can replicate that in a very different experience setting. Uh, if you would ever get a chance to come to one of our events, Nathan, you will see, see that our, our events are not just like any event. Our events are engaging. It's an experience. It's not an event. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually going through and the curation of the tribe that we bring together. So first, it's an experience because it's being crafted in a way that you will have a, a swing of emotions. You'll be laughing. You'll be crying. You'll be experiencing different things. You'll be experiencing things that you have only seen in video. And you've been like, wow, that would be beautiful to be in that moment. But you are in that moment. And so you get to experience that. And then think about that experience with people that you meet. But every single person you meet, you want to talk more to because they are such beautiful human beings. So on the tier of experience, we add the tier of curation. We bring in the best, the most beautiful, most heart-centered human beings to come together and really think about how can we change the world for the positive forward, right? So so it's kind of that get curation, that tribe, that culmination of beautiful ideas that inspire authors to say, how can we play together and take our, these different ideas that they have worked on for several years even further? So that's kind of the real reason that, that all these wonderful, beautiful speakers, authors, teachers, educators want to work with Mind Valley, want to work with Evercoach, 
because they know that their message is not only going to be safe with us, but it's only going to get enhanced with us. It'll be taken even further from, from already where it is. So that's kind of really the reason how we have been able to bring such phenomenal authors and teachers and educators to come to our platforms and work with us. Mm, no, that's amazing, man. And what I'm really curious about as well is, is you guys produce, like you said, you're working on like 50 different products. Um, how, how do you guys focus? No, but we don't work on 50 different products at a time. Mm. What we are working on is one central product, which is, say, if you're in personal development space, is mindvalleyacademy.com and evercoach.com if you're a coach, educator, teacher who wants to ex uh, expand on their ideas. These are the only two products, per se, that we are working on. But what happens within this product, these products are further products or programs, if you may, that follow a curriculum based on the te uh, teachings uh, or the teachings of the teacher that we are engaging with, but customized to our learning model, right? So if you really think about it, the product itself is only Mind Valley Academy and Evercoach. There's no other product per se. Yes. That product kind of creates certain tier of programs within within the product. So it's not we're not working on fifty completely different ideas. What we are working on is fifty different programs or philosophies that fit within one product model. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. And I'm curious as well, uh, when it comes to um, like producing and, and working with these uh, educators, do you get them to go to the Mind Valley uh, office or do you guys go to them? Like how do you, like you guys are doing an exceptional job coordinating all of this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, we do multiple things. So it depends on what is uh, where the author is, how comfort comfortable they are traveling, if they're not comfortable traveling, where can they come, where they can't come. For example, like I said, we do a lot of experience-based uh, event, and I am calling them experience-based events only because if I just say we create a lot of experiences, people might think God knows what that is. Uh, but think about <laughs> an event crafted into uh, an experience. So a lot yes. of times when we're doing uh, these types of experiences, what happens is, a lot of our authors are interested in saying, hey, I would like to come to that. I would like to experience that too. I would like to be a part of that tribe. And so it becomes easy for us to say, hey, why don't you come over here? And while you are in the experience right before or after, we can create the product, we can create the masterclass, we can create whatever else that we need to create. Or sometimes our experience are extended over a period of 30 days. For example, there's, a, there's an experience that we call Mind Valley U, or, uh, which, which we do over a course of a month in a different city, which is basically where we say, hey, listen, uh, why does university, and not in the sense of boring university, but in the sense of learning university that is life, why does it have to be limited to uh, a time duration when you were younger? Learning should be lifelong. Why don't we all, and as many of us uh, want to, fly over to a different city and work and study and play together for a whole month? And we did this experiment earlier this year in Barcelona, and it went phenomenal. We had about 350 people fly from different parts of the world and spend the whole month in Barcelona together, learning and working and playing together. Next year, we are doing in Tallinn, Estonia, where we are hoping there will be about a thousand people flying in from different parts of the world, coming, working, playing, and, and just learning from each other together. Now, when an experience like that is created, you can invite any person who is curious even to say, hey, that is interesting. I mean, if you hear an idea where, where I tell you a thousand entrepreneurs and people who are creating positivity in the world are flying to this one city and going to spend 30 days together out of curiosity you are like i want to go i want to figure out how how can that experience be even created and then you see what is really happening there and the type of people that are speaking there and engaging there you're like i'm curious i want to know and that creates an attraction and a lot of our 
our authors and speakers want to just come in to check out what's happening. And when they come in and check out what's happening, what happens is now we have 30 days with them. We can shoot and record whenever we want. We, of course, have our own video team. We also have a great set of contractors that we have around the world that we can bring in in case our team is unable to fly. And, and then we create programs like that. So, so again, like I said, it's not that we are trying to create 50 programs at any one given time. We're probably creating five or six programs at any given time. So it's not, it seems really hard to coordinate, but it's actually not. It's once that system is in place, once that process is in place, once we know what's the template to create those, those, uh, those programs, and we have one, of course, there's, we have a wonderful, wonderful team that really puts it all together. And that's, that's the greatest asset that we have is we have just phenomenal people working for us and, and they, they kind of make that structure in a way that looks like a breeze and doesn't really, it's not, I, now that you say it, it seems more complicated to me, but as I'm in the system, <laughs> I, I don't find it that complicated or that uh, tasking or anything of that sort. I feel like creating a program for me, if let's say I get an idea today of a program right now, if I have to really have to sit into this, if I get an idea of a program right now based on our curriculum, on how really to what really is that I'm looking for, and I'm able to find an author for it that I really like, and I think has great content around it and and teaching methodology around it. I will probably work with my team only about two weeks before we can get into a studio and record the program. Mm. So how long would it take, like, for you guys to to conceptualize, produce, and publish a program on average? So we know our curriculum. So we know, okay, these are the things that we want to work on. Let's say 2017, we'll make our 2018 calendar based on feedback from our clients. We are a very client-focused company. We think about what our clients really want and what would they like to learn and our tribe really wants and want to learn. So we, we curate ideas like that. And of course, it also comes from us as to what do I think I want to learn and I want to grow in. And that also allows us to get some ideas of, of what really should we bring out as programs next. Once we have the curriculum, then we look for who would be the best author to teach. That that process is probably the longest part of the process because sometimes it's very straightforward because you can find a book on it. And so you contact the top few book authors, see if they have done TED Talks and so forth, so you can learn about their teaching methodologies. Sometimes it's a little bit harder. So if it's easy and we find someone, we'll make a reach out. And usually if we reach out to authors, I would say about 50, 60, even 70% of the time, uh, we would get a yes to work with us unless the author has different priorities at that time because, of course, they're human beings and they have their own priorities and their business priorities. And that might take sometimes uh, we understand that no just means not now in that scenario uh, because of their own life story. Uh, but most of the time they would say yes. And once they say yes, it it depending on our schedule, it can take anywhere from two months to six months to have the program ready and ready for release depending completely on our schedules and their schedules. It's mostly a scheduling thing than anything else. Like if they have schedule available, we can have the program ready within the course of about a month and a half with shooting and editing included. Yeah, wow. And when it comes to, I guess, uh, working out like kind of the programs that your audience wants, you said um, what you, you, you guys internally feel like you would want to learn, so kind of like the mirror, using the mirror test and, and the self-test, but then also you ask your tribe, do you ever pre-sell? Are you guys a fan of pre-selling? No, we don't pre-sell pretty much ever. Actually, I don't remember any instance where we pre-sold a program. We always uh, create the program before we position it to our audience. Uh, how we get feedback and how we learn from our audience is mostly because of our events, to be very honest. Uh, uh -huh. The events have a live feedback structure instead of 
Because if you send a survey to, and I'm, I'm sure you've done this and you've spoken to entrepreneurs who have sent out surveys and they get insight from, from uh, their tribe or they get a feedback and then they're like, I created this program, but nobody bought. And that happens because when you are doing a survey, you're suggesting something because it's very hard to, to put out a question which is so open-ended because then you'll just get all these random answers and you don't know where to, what to go for. And if you give a directed question, you only get a directed answer, right? So if you give five options, they'll just pick one of them, right? So when we are in conversation though, there is a lot more that, than, than a survey that can do because when I'm in a conversation with you, I can really feel what is really happening for you. What is it that you're going through? So I can understand your real needs and your real desires. And then I can go, okay, what is it that I can, or we can create that will help, uh, help fulfill this desire or help solve a problem if it's a problem solving type of product that we are thinking about. But we are more focused on creating, like I said, more evolved programs. We, we, don't, we, we don't dumb down our content. We don't dumb down our marketing. We, we believe all of us are very smart species. So we are a little counter to a lot of marketing people that you will, you will, you will speak with probably mm. where they say dumb it down for your audience. We actually, we are the other way around. We say we don't dumb it down. We think you're a smart person and I'm a smart person. And I think all of us are very smart as humanity. Uh, so we don't have to dumb down our content. We just have to make it easy enough to understand. Uh, but it doesn't mean the content is dumb. Uh, the content is elevated and it keeps getting elevated. The marketing of it might have to be a little bit simpler to make sure the person knows that it's elevated content. It's almost like that is what we are thinking about it. So that's that's kind of where we come from. So I don't know if that answers your question. So that's, yeah, that's no, why our conversations are, are our feedback loop more than uh, more than a survey or something like that. We actually get into conversations and we understand human beings and we go, okay, that seems like, and that seems like a recurring trend that is happening. And so we'll pick out from that. We will sometimes make themes of an event. Like for example, last event that we just did, this was called Expanded Consciousness. Well, the theme was Expanded Consciousness. It's an event we, uh, we do uh, called A-Fest. It was in Jamaica. And Expanded Consciousness had people like Steve Kotler come by, the, the, the guy who wrote Stealing Fire and so forth, mm. uh, who, who talked about how you can expand your consciousness. And, and because of the, the tribe that is there, now we have feedback around what would people like to know if we talked about Expanded Consciousness. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does. So um, one thing that I'm hearing is uh, your events and, and everything you guys do is is all around experiences. Do you have any advice that you would share? And I think this is a really, really good point that you made around, you know, it's all about the experience. Um, this is like, you know, any product, even service-centric focus company should be thinking about what is the experience mm -hmm. like. Do you have any kind of, words of wisdom that you could impart on us Ajit around um, just just like the rules of engagement for for you guys at Mind Valley or 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 Evercoach or any of your products or your events of how you create an amazing experience what are your elements to to doing that to really be able to explain that I, I'm going to digress a little bit and and uh, you'll see why I did that um, what happens when we start as entrepreneurs especially if you're an early stage entrepreneur what would happen most of the time is your biggest driver, usually, usually, and I'm not saying this is true for everyone, of course, because I can't put everybody in a box, but usually what happens is your biggest challenge becomes money mm. and your biggest driver becomes money. It's like, how can I make the million dollars? How can I make the $2 million, $5 million, right? And that, that is an understandable problem, but it is not something that will help you create a transformative company. 
it only helps to create a temporary product or a temporary um, offer that might make you that money, but it will never create a transformative experience for yourself or transformative experience for your clients. Because all you're focused on is how do I generate more money, which yes, will, which might make you a lot of money, but that's also the reason why 90% of entrepreneurs fail in the first few years of their business or 95% of them fail because their focus is wrong. Their focus is not on the client. The focus is on how can I make more money, right? So that's, that's the first paradigm shift if you can challenge, especially as a startup entrepreneur or even as an entrepreneur who's getting stagnant. If your offer was working and now you're just stuck at that level, it's probably because the conversation you're trying to have is the conversation of money instead of the conversation of what is it that profoundly shifts my client so I can maybe make money? But money cannot be your primary driver. Your, money, your primary driver is the experience of my client, the experience of or the good that you're doing in the world or whatever you're creating in the world. Let that be the primary driver and the conversation will shift and you experience the outcome that you have with your clients will shift. And most of the really businesses that you aspire to, businesses that you love, follow the same direction. They might not say it because it's usually especially with men, sometimes it happens is they feel like this is a very soft thing to say, but any great company is always focused on experience, is always focused on what is it that is the impression, the, the, the outcome that my client is getting? What is, the, what is the beautiful experience that my client is getting? Now, experience, of course, is subjective to your understanding of experience, but they're always experience focused, not money focused. Money comes as a byproduct of the experience, right? So that's, for, that's the, the reason I digress there is because that's why if I tell you the elements that I use to create a human experience or an experience in, in our events may not apply to you mm. because that's not the experience you want to create. So I can give you the elements that I use, but that would be, that would be a very weak model for mm. you to follow to create an experience. If you want to create an experience, understand your client, understand where your client is coming from, understand where your client wants to go and create an experience that is exciting for that. And create an experience that is exciting for you. For example, some of our experiences are purely designed because I am my customer, right? So I'm going, okay, I'm my customer. What would I like to experience if I go to an event? Why is this event? Let's say, for example, if you go to a business event, go to any business event, they're the most boring things on planet Earth that you can go to, <laughs> right? There's a speaker who's yapping about themselves and they can't get over themselves. And, and that's all. They talk about their strategies, their business. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. I get it. They're trying to share their case study. They might be super heart-centered about it too. But how many times did you learn really effectively when somebody just talked and talked and talked? Where else? If somebody engaged back with you, they gave you an exercise, they, they played with you, they had some fun with you, they went on a party with you. Most of your breakthrough conversations happen when you are in a state of flow. Your breakthrough conversations when you are in a state of joy and, and not in a state of stress. State of stress doesn't really create abundance and wealth and, and greatness for you. It's the state of joy and play that creates that because that creates a state of flow for you. And you are like in that natural element of you being you. Nobody is naturally stiff and stressed, right? But that's how it becomes in business event. It becomes like, oh, I must take this notes. I spend this money. Instead of saying, what's that one insight and how can I deliver that insight? Because I know even one great insight for a human being can be all they need because guess what? All of us are super smart, right? Mm. So how to create an experience? Understand your client. I don't want to give out a rule book for it because it's going to be different for every experience. Even when I create an experience and my business partner, Vision, creates an experience, they look completely different sometimes because the way I understand experience for my clients is a little bit different and how he understands experience for his clients is a little bit different and how we understand experience that we would like to experience is different. But both of them 
are highly rated experiences in our industries, right? So there's no right or wrong experience or the way to create right or wrong experience. The thing is, don't stop at thinking, and that's what happens, especially if you have a lot of educational entrepreneurs, is that my content is why people come, for, come to me. People can read the content in the book. They don't come for the content. They come for the experience. Yeah, no, that was amazing, man. Thank you. Well, look, we have to work towards wrapping up, but um, I just wanted to to ask a few final questions around uh, just uh, your experiences, I guess, on, on growing Mind Valley, Evercoach, and and everything, all the amazing things you guys are doing there. Um, one thing I saw is is you guys. Um, I saw a video from Vision a while ago, um, which was interesting around how you guys were removing or you or you or you cut a lot of products um yeah. and uh it seems like you guys uh like what like what happened like why why did you what what was that big change the big change was realization that we want to create the absolute best in the industry and we don't want to settle even if it made some money for us we just didn't want to settle we decided as a company that we will be the absolute best products that you can get in any of the fields that we produce products in, by results, by experience that you have, by community that you have, by just pure content that you have. We wanted to create the absolute benchmark. And, and, and our benchmark is something called Net Promoter Score, NPS. And we wanted to make sure that all our products were high NPS, as high or higher than iPhone. So that's what really drove us and what still drives us. Is I'm not saying that we have been consistently able to beat that score but we are significantly better than anybody else in the industry. And it's not for competition, it's more for inspiration. It's for the inspiration of saying, hey, as a company, if we can move the needle above and we can set an expectation that is so high, it will get the entire industry to move above, right? So we will create a better humanity if we can move ourselves forward and push ourselves to say, can we create the absolute best products, the absolute best experiences, the absolute best communities so we as humanity can aspire to keep moving forward, aspire to keep having greater experiences for ourselves. So that got us to kind of abandon a lot of products. And some of them were really profitable for us, to be very honest. But, but we said, you know what? It's not about the profits. It's about what's the experience we are creating for our, for our clients. And if we will create great experiences, it will turn to profits. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. iPhone is one, I'm sorry, Apple is one of the most profitable companies in the world because they create the best experience for their tribe. They eventually turned a great profit because, well, the experience is so wonderful. Same is for Google and same is for any company you love. Is They are highly profitable companies because they create highly wonderful experiences. So profit comes because of the experience that your client's having with you, the community that they're having with you. Mm, I love that. Um, well, look, dude, we have to work towards wrapping up. Last question. Um, this is me. I could talk to you all day, man, but what, <laughs> um, what, where is the best place that people can find out more about uh, your work and everything you guys are doing? Well, if you're a coach, educator, an entrepreneur in that field, in information transformation field, just go to evercoach.com, which is E-V-E-R-C-O-A-C-H.com, and you will get all the work that we do there and, and our events and so forth. And if you are somebody who is an aspiring entrepreneur, as an aspiring human being who wants to just do great, wants to work on your personal excellence and so forth, go to mindvalleyacademy.com. This is M-I-N-D-V-A-L-L-E-Y, academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com, mindvalleyacademy.com. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Ajit. Massive fan of your, your work and everything you guys are doing. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Dan, Nathan. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, it was fun talking to you too.
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.